Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Now You Know podcast with your host, Pastor Mark Vega. Welcome back to Now You Know podcast. We are going to be speaking about the trap of ambition, and this is part two. If you missed the first part, you want to listen to it. Not only listen to it, you want to share it, you want to take notes. Lisa and I covered some of our personal stories, some scripture, some practicality, some experience. It is rich, and we don't want you to go without listening to it. We're going to give you the antidote, how to break out of that trap, how to break free from ambition. So I think the danger is the more senior we become, the more we are used by God, the more we know how to navigate those mantles that God has given us, right? The less we think we have to do in terms of the elementary David would get up at midnight. There's Psalms that he wrote says, at midnight I rise to give God thanks. But the night before he fell, he's getting up at 6, 7 p.m. Now he's getting up at 7 at night. It's almost as if we stop doing the elementary things, you know. And for me, the elementary things are when you're on fire for God, what is it that you do automatically? What is, right, anatomically in medicine, they will call that involuntary muscles, right? Exhale. Inhale, exhale. You don't have to think, I'm going to inhale now. Now I'm going to exhale now. Mm -hmm. That's involuntary. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is involuntary. You never held a grudge. When you're on fire for God, you don't hold a grudge. You're like a child. You don't hold a grudge. You don't slander. You don't talk. You don't compete. You're not in competition. You're not hating on anybody. You're cheering for everybody. You're celebrating. You're loving. You're confident. Sensitive. You're sensitive. You're cheering. Empathetic. You're in everyone's corner. You're compassionate. You're empathetic. You got emotional quotient. and You got an intellectual quotient. Your EQ, your IQ, point. Your spiritual quotient is on point. But then you become seasoned. But I thought being seasoned was a good thing. In, in maturity. But if we get seasoned in ministry and not in the, in the spiritual maturity, it's two different things. I know people that are great ministers, but poor priests. Mm. They're great preachers, poor priests. So I, think, so I think something we have to make note of is if for those that are listening out there, I don't know what stage you're in, in life, but continue doing the small things consistently and let let God's, again, his security, his acceptance of you, his security, and more than anything, significance. Let that be a resounding, the resounding trifecta in your life that you know I am significant. I don't have to do anything else. I'm significant. I'm important. I matter. I matter to God. It, that doesn't, it doesn't matter how many people. I matter to God. I am accepted. He accepts me as I am. I don't have to compete. I don't have to join the, the circus and, and, and do outlandish, stupid stupidities. 
to be accepted. I'm accepted in him. I'm significant in him. And I am, and I am secure in him. Mm-hmm. My security is in Christ. And when you understand that, then you understand that I don't need anything else. I, I, I know exactly, I know exactly who I am, whose I am, and where I am. And I don't have to, I don't have to be ambitious in terms of selfish ambition. Yeah, I want to, listen, I want to continue adding to my resume. I want to continue seizing every opportunity that I get. I want to continue going further. But it's not with the intention of finding significance amongst men. It should not be. That your life would matter and that you wouldn't find your value in what men have to say about you. It should not be. I could care less who likes any comment I make on social media. I give it a heart and I keep it moving. I never check back to see who said what on my... That's that's being insecure. If you... Podcast land news for you, right? Mm-hmm. Let, let me help you. Give us the news. This is the news. This is why this podcast called Now You Know. <laughs> if you find yourself posting something and returning to that post to see who liked it, who affirmed it, you are insecure. Hmm. Because you're performing. Post? But is that not why we post? Why who posts? Why in general people post to get a response. And the response that we get on social media is usually alike. I mean, at least that's what we're looking for, right? That is what we're looking for. But am I going to lose peace? So I'm posting to please people? That's a good question. That's a good question to ask yourself. Well, Galatians one ten, right? Do not be a people pleaser. And, and, and then Paul ends it like this. He says, how can I please people? be a people pleaser and be a servant of Christ. You're either going to serve others with selfless through selfless ambition or you're going to serve yourself through selfish ambition. Mm-hmm. That's what Paul is saying. Mm-hmm. But if you are that, if you're the latter, there's no way that you're going to be able to live the life that God wants you to live because you're you're constantly performing. You're looking for a response. Mhm. So here's a problem that I have with that, be it a post, be it anything that we, be it a tweet. If you have a relationship with God, right, and I don't, I don't want to sound mystical, but if you have a relationship with God and you're posting something that's within the context of your conviction, I'm not going to check that post. I might, I might go back to it, trip up on it again, go back to it in passing, but I'm not hunting that post to see who is common because your heart is deceitful and guess the first thing you're going to notice is who did not like it who did not comment who did not respond respond to it you fall in a trap when you're preaching a message i want the message i prepare so that the message can be well seasoned flavorful so that it can be life-changing life-altering i play more i pray more for the altar call the altar response right because the word demands a response and sometimes that is at the actual altar. Sometimes it's at their seat, but that they would gravitate, that there will be life change, that there will be nature change, not behavior modification, mm-hmm. but that there will be change. In preparation, I'm going to preach what the Lord gave me to preach. And unadulterated. It's not going to be adulterated. It's not going to be mixed with anything else. I'm preaching, I'm coherent, and I know the season, I know the times, I know I'm speaking to God throughout, 
in that process, but far be it from me to preach and then second guess myself. Would you be okay? This is all the pastors and preachers that listen, would you be okay if in the introduction of your message, everybody got up and left? Would you continue preaching? Do you have that makeup? Do you have that conviction that in the middle of your preaching, people get up and leave? They did to Jeremiah. They did to Jesus. It's not improbable. It's not impossible. But can you finish that message with conviction, with power? Or are you going to start second-guessing your call? Because Or altering your message. Or altering your message so that that would not happen. So do you think a lot of people alter their messages of course. so it doesn't happen? And you want to know what altering the message looks like? Voiding it of truth. Hmm. Because we live in a time where we sacrifice truth at the expense of keeping a crowd. That's part of being ambitious. Because we see success in having a crowd. Absolutely. But if we lose the crowd, then we're unsuccessful. Absolutely. In our ministry. Absolutely. Because it's about the crowds. Well, we don't live in that 900 square foot home anymore. The Lord has really undeservingly given us way more than we even asked. Our lifestyle hasn't changed. No, number one. Number two, you're not going to find on social media what doors have opened for us. That's right. That's not anybody's business. And I am old enough to know that sometimes posting a celebratory post can harden somebody's heart who has been poisoned by ambition, selfish ambition, mm. because they're in competition. And we saw that early on. We moved out of the 900 square foot house. We bought a 20, 2,800 square foot house and I lost friends. I lost family members. And that's factual. It's not hyperbole. I had to learn a lesson and I learned it when I was 34 years old. The lesson is, can you manage being blessed? Because the blessing of God is going to provoke two things. It's going to provoke either your pride, puff you up, or it's going to provoke haters. And guess what? When we won that 900 square foot home, we would invite people over the house like if we had a 9,000 square foot home. That's right. We didn't have a lot of money, but the house was always full on Sundays. Mm -hmm. You'd always cook. I remember watching you pray over the rice so it can mm -hmm. multiply. Yeah. We never told our in-laws, your parents, never once. Mm -hmm. Whenever we lacked, no. Whenever we lacked, did we share what we were going through? No. Because we understood. Shared it with We never Lord. shared it. I never shared it with my friend who could have written it. And, and God's word for me was, I did not give you that relationship to get something from him. I'm going to give him something through you. Facts. But through it all, we were just as blessed as we are today because Ephesians 1, 3 was in effect and it's still in effect. Mm -hmm. We've been married 27 years, still in effect. Mm -hmm. We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in high places through Christ Jesus. We were blessed before. Mm -hmm. So what you have in your bank, what you drive, where you live, it's not predicated by how much God has blessed you. All of God's blessings are eternal, but they're spiritual. And mm -hmm. it's going to take stewardship, stewarding your heart, staying humble, rebuking any notion of ambition, selfish ambition that wants to grip your heart. If you can do those two things and give God the honor and give God the glory and treat that little 900 square foot house because when we took it, we could have, when we took that house, we could have opened up, we're going into October, we could have opened it up 
and charged people because it was like a haunted house. Yeah. But we sold it eight years later. Like a dollhouse. And it was a dollhouse. Yeah. We had people, again, people like my uncle, Herman, Mingo, who was like a father to me. People from the church, your father, people would come and they we did the roof and we did the wall. We had zero money. But God always provided. And we were able to sell that and make double. And that started almost a snowball effect financially for us. But we never complained. Complaining, by the way, is a cheap attempt to please other people with your problems. Mm -hmm. We never complained. We never cried. We glorified God. We woke up happy. We celebrated. We loved Jesus. And this is not even part of the story of coming to Gainesville. We got to talk about that. How we were able to come. I remember talking to the, the school of ministry. Back then, it was our staff. Our, yeah. our staff. Our staff. Our volunteer staff. Volunteer staff. That was JJ. That was Marcio. That was Maida. Maida. That was the staff that God had given us. Jose Trevino. Jose Trevino. If you guys say no, we won't go. Jonathan. Jonathan Collazo. If you guys say no, we won't go. Mm -hmm. And so what we have today, when we look at the, the breadth of what we have today, it's not lost upon me that these young guys planted that church that's right they helped plant that church mm -hmm. and i mentioned it because it, it deserves honor man this is good this is good this is solid and we're going to close out we're going to close out but i definitely think this is a topic we can continue let's continue man it was good having you thank you It was good having you check is in the mail <laughs> matthew says for whoever exalts himself would be humbled but whoever humbles himself will be exalted will be exalted if you're listening out there I pray that you allow God to exalt you. Don't fall into the, the delusion trap. Don't fall into the trap of competing. If you're looking at a post and you instantaneously reflect your life or your ministry and you see a church that's packed and your church wasn't as packed, and don't fall for that stuff. Don't fall for that. By the way, you can count, one of my mentors, Jim Hall, taught me this. He said, you can count how many trees are, how many apples are on a tree, but you can't count how many trees are inside of an apple. Mm -hmm. When Billy Graham got saved, there was 15 people in that church, and Billy Graham probably won close to a billion people in his lifetime. This is not about what you see, like God told the prophet. This is about what you cannot see. Mm -hmm. And so let's honor those around us. Let's live Philippians 2, 3. Let's do nothing out of vain, out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. Let's consider others better than ourselves. You'll never be humble. you never try to outdo. you never try to outsing. you never try to out-preach. Out you never try to out-pastor. you never try to out-lead or out-influence anyone. Because the only competitor you have is Satan. And he's battling for souls. And what we want to do is make sure that we short-circuit the power of darkness. That's right. And continue ushering people into the kingdom of God. Man, this has been rich. Again, this is Pastor Mark Vega and my beautiful wife, Lisa. It was awesome having you. I'll see you next Monday.